0: Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. We tackle the issues facing our sector through the ideas and stories of industry founders, leaders, and tech enthusiasts.
1: And I think if we were to even attempt to take on one of those kind of businesses, um, it would be very difficult, but they are amazing at what they do and absolutely brilliant Um, and actually our niche really is technology and data you know that's what we're we're good at that's what we're very focused that so
2: hello and welcome to this week's edition of tech talks with me jack pierce and
3: josie wallings
2: that's right listeners dave is off somewhere in tuscany doing long runs for his crazy marathon whilst relaxing by a pool with his lovely wife. Um, Okay for some, I guess, right?
3: Yeah, but I was literally astounded at the fact that I went on Strava and saw that Dave had done like a six-mile run. I was like, you're on holiday, like chill.
2: Yeah, the bloke's a fucking loser. (laughs) I know you're listening to this, Dave, and I love you very much, but have a minute off. I know why he's doing so much running, because he has underprepared for this marathon in the hills. So... It's good that he's doing something, right? At least he's not just <laughs> sitting around with his hand in his pants doing nothing. So, Dave, we commend you on holiday for running, even if it does make you slightly sad. Um so that doesn't really give us much of a tenuous link into today's interview. But we think that Ryan, CEO and founder of Ordu, might be one of the first people to get super successful with a startup off the back of being a musician via MySpace.
3: Mm, yeah i guess so and then you can also come on a tech talk show and uh, shamelessly plug your song so that you get more likes
2: exactly i mean we've both <laughs> listened to it this morning it's was it the lines yeah domino uh, effect Domino Effect by the lines. so ryan w- when you're listening back to this we hope we've given you an extra 0.005p or whatever it is from a stream from spotify um but yeah let's let, let's crack on with the interview uh, ryan ceo and founder of ordo uh startup operating in music audio and data so, today
0: we're talking to Ryan. Uh, you are the CEO. Yep. And are you founder or co I'm founder? founder. No, founder founder yeah. of Ordu. Yeah, correct. Thanks yeah. for making up some, or finding some time rather, this morning to have a chat with us. Who are Ordu? So,
1: we are a, a new tech startup that are operating in the, in the music, uh, data, and um, audio space. So, what we um, essentially do is we work with Royalty societies around the world, so these great big um, royalty societies who collect money for uh, artists uh, mm. uh, and of course pay them for, for when their, their works are broadcasted. So um, they, they're historically, you know, most of them are over 100 years old um, they work on very, very manual paper spreadsheet basis and of course in the new age of technology we have a small solution, It's uh, we call it our audio smart meter. Which is, um, I always liken it to like a nightlight, and it plugs in, and we just monitor the music that's been played in big public spaces, and then we report back with the society to make sure that what was played is accurately captured, uh, and then the artist uh, or composer is rewarded fairly.
0: So, we'll come on to the kind of the, 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 the data and how it works and all those little bits course, and pieces. Yeah. But what's really interesting is why this company came about because your your background is fintech and retail. It is well.
1: I was from a professional background in FinTech and retail. So I spent the last 10 years um, yeah, working for one of the largest payments businesses in the world. Um, recently, a, a FinTech startup business that linked payment and loyalty, which is a really exciting business. But um, I always say in a previous life, in my late teens, I was a musician. Um, uh, and actually, we had a top 10 hit single. Um, so go
0: so on. So, what was so, the song? So,
1: yeah, so we were called The Lions. We were an indie band. Right. And the song was called Domino Effects. If, if you um, had
0: to liken yourself to any band that people might be with.
1: <laughs> so so we were very indie <laughs> uh we used to get a lot of comparisons to bands like the verb we were we were, oh, okay. we, were we were in that first MySpace. space that's, that's a pretty so, nice comparison yeah. <laughs> to have well it, it is a self comparison but yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but i'm thinking back and that's what that's what some of the journalists the music press used to say but anyway okay um, so we had a top 10 hit so we had a top 10 here um and, and i swear that my mom bought half the copies but uh but it, it was out there and and, and Look, we, we we lived that musical dream for a, a short period of time. Yep. But of course, like like many things we would absolutely hear today, got tomorrow. Uh, and, and then I went into the yeah, professional working world and, and, and had a, a very fortunate, you know, last decade of, of some great roles. Um, and actually that's how this business came about. So um, I was in one of the big department stores on Oxford Street a couple of years ago with my wife, uh, and we heard my song play uh, of course we were laughing and joking and uh, she's she's an accountant and the typical accountant in her said how much are you getting paid for this uh to which i swiftly reminded her that it was probably a penny and it was certainly not going to pay for the mulberry bag that she was looking for right uh and and, and you know we we laughed and we joked and um a few months later she she just remembered and she said to me did you ever check how much you got paid i said oh no i don't i'll i'll log in now i'll, I'll have a quick look and well, there was no, no money in there, there was no payment, there was nothing on the logs to say that my music had been played. And I just at the time did some very, very light research to go, well, how does it work? How, yeah. You know, why didn't I get paid? What happens? You know, how, how do my old label, um, PRS, whoever, know that I was just paid in Selfridges? And, and what I found is that because of, of, of the way that these organizations have, have operated for hundreds of years, that they're out there doing a, an incredible job, fighting for musicians and composers every single day to collect as much money as possible. But the challenge they have is the monitoring. So they work on things like popular radio plays, so they'll look at radio playlists, they will um, do manual audits, they will have a few um, like partners that will report their playlist back to them. But when you look at the sample data for the amount of music that is played you know, globally, on a daily you know, second basis... Um, it's fast and and I guess my technology background my data background kind of went to me well there's a way that we can solve this and we can pull it all together um, Mm. and and look to automate and and generally pull you know a a historic business model really into the 21st century. So two questions
0: I suppose I mean could this not be done quite simply with a smart speaker or a company like Shazam saying hey look we could do this and also what's to stop you going Will not just be a device yeah. that plugs and gives that information to the historic so companies, bad, but yeah. so like being one of those companies yourself. If you're if you're so collecting that end. data, can't you go? well, Hang on a minute. We don't need to give that data to someone else.
1: So, um, the the latter question I get asked a lot. So, so I guess to, to, to answer the the kind of shazam and, and those pieces, we saw. The, uh, the fantastic Shazam and Apple acquisition uh, yep. last year, and they're very clearly focused on um, on the consumer model. So um, I'm, I'm very confident that we will see Shazam appear in Apple Music, and it will be very much about discovering new music and linking it into your um, into your, your Apple Music library, mm. which is, is great. It's, it's one less app that I have to draw through on my phone. Um, and they're not really B2B business. I think on the second side, as, as we grow... Um, you look at somebody like PRS uh, in the UK, they distributed in excess of £700 million last year, which is A, a phenomenal amount for musicians, and B, a massive amount of money to, to collect. And I think if we were to even attempt to take on one of those kind of businesses, um, it would be very difficult. They are amazing at what they do and absolutely brilliant um and actually our niche really is technology and data you know that's what we're we're good at that's what we're very focused at so
0: i suppose it's a bit like you know a, a, a smart device insure tech company working with legacy insurers right absolutely
1: yeah absolutely so we all we always joke that we are the audio smart meter of uh, yeah of the music industry so we're collecting yeah. that just like um, your smart meter at home collects your your, your energy readings mm. and, and transmits it that way that's exactly what we're doing what do. but to
0: make yourself kind of i suppose sticky with them yeah you can equally tell them stuff that they don't already know from that data so of that course. they rely upon you
1: absolutely and i think um yeah, i think Businesses generally change. You know, it's it's you hear the word partnership a lot more and, and I think you, you you see businesses you know move away from like sales titles and business development. It's it's very much about partnerships and how we do that. And that's where we see see this working. You know, we see ourselves very much as a global business about collecting as much data because remember these societies they all work with each other as well. You know, mm-hmm. the guys in the UK are sending funds to the US societies and vice versa, it's coming back. So the more data and the more wealth that we can we can provide to them, actually the more that everybody will win as well.
0: Now, you're in the middle of a funding round at the minute. Yep. Without going into specifics, how have you found that? Because music tech, yep. as you said there, it's, it's predominantly a lot of um, legacy organisations and some quite large players who've been around for a very long time. So mm-hmm. I suppose getting... getting a, noticed might be harder but at the same yeah. time from a investment point of view it's almost a greenfield site right it is and i think
1: investments are i mean uh, let's, let's say investments an emotional thing to do. You yeah, just, I bet you yeah. get beat up all day, uh, and then they say, "Oh, we really like you," or well, actually, no, we don't like you, and they were right to beat you up.
0: So we just been- to jump in. I have to commend you by the way. Not only are you go going through an investment round, but you mentioned you've got a three and a three and a half month year old baby. That, yeah. that, doing those so, two things at once sounds a li- sounds a little bit some kind of self harm. It is. I, I, it's
1: true. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that one day I will write a book. And I think the title of the first chapter will be "Say, do not open a funding round and have a child. Within of the same period, because yeah, it's crazy, but uh, but it's good actually because it keeps me fairly agile on how I'm working. So uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely times at night where there's there's emails coming in from different territories potentially. So uh, I am responding at weird and wacky times, and, yeah. uh, and she's keeping me on my toes, which keeps focusing. Anyway. But is it the
0: first time that you've gone through anything like this? Because um, whilst you've worked for startups before, I guess yeah. You might so, not I've, been so I've involved. raised
1: investment with startups, but this is I guess the first time running it solo and doing it. Yeah, doing it. Uh, my, my own face fronting it rather than be behind other co-founders which is, is great um, uh, on, on the investment side there are, there are there's lots of ways that people raise money now um, the way that we've typically found our niche is using things like the fantastic government schemes like EIS um, so we typically work with like family offices and high net worth individuals who a like to get in early um, they will normally have not a mandate but a niche of what they like so they'll say they like to invest in businesses that hold data or businesses that work in entertainment or sports or those kind of different things so we were very lucky that i did a, a very quick fa- friends and family round at the end of last year and then of course the network starts to grow out and what i generally find with most investors is once somebody invests you know they have in co-investors and co-friends in their circles and they're very willing and, and actually likely to, to introduce because they want the business to hit the funding round and they want the business to grow as well. And I think where we're lucky is we've got a really good split of investors. So we've mm. got 50% that really work in music, um, you know, be it the music industry, music tech, and publishing, and then the other 50% really who are would call seasoned investors who like to invest they like to have a level of emotive attachment to what they do but actually they're quite happy to invest and and almost look for a quarterly or a six monthly newsletter to know that their investment's good so it's quite a good split
0: last point to touch on where do you see music tech evolving because as you pointed out in the b2c space you've got apple music and spotify yep I, I, you know, everyone is, is familiar with the fact that um, SoundCloud had some some troubles. Yeah. Uh, I use Deezer, but I imagine it's difficult for even a company the size of Deezer to get some space in that front. So I'd imagine B two B is where there is some potential for growth,
1: right? Yeah, I agree. And I think you you look at Apple Music in particular. I mean, i I just say I'm am an Apple Music fan, avid HomePods all around the house, can't live without it now. Um, and and you've seen the change from people selling a CD to now just constantly streaming and constantly discovering new music I think where Apple in particular and and Spotify but Apple you know they own the hardware so they pre-program it they make it so easy that everything just works and I think when you've got two giants like Apple and Spotify for somebody else to come into the streaming space it's quite difficult Mm. and this is why we see ourselves very much as a data business that sits and underpins it all you know we we are very, very focused about working with royalty organisations now and particularly for the next, you know, 12 months. From there we've got lots of ideas because of course what we will do is we will have this pool and wealth of metadata and that can be everything from, um, you know, A&R decisions. So, you know, should, should one of the big labels go and suddenly sign jazz artists? Because, you know, they... They don't know what's being again, played out there they'll have an opinion and they'll have lots of research that they've done but they could come to us and say look we're thinking about signing a jazz artist is jazz popular? Which is a very open question but we could say well actually did you know that 50% of the UK's pubs every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday play exclusively jazz, you know, or, or death metal or whatever the, that it could be and it's it's a broad not the pubs I no, no exactly we did that. but I think you I think it would be a really interesting thing and, yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. start to see I I always joke I've got a, a very good friend of mine who lives in Manchester and whenever I go up and, and spend a weekend with him any bar that you go in Manchester I swear they just have Oasis on uh, on, on repeat so you know if you're pushing out jazz probably don't push it to Manchester and that's just from my, my own personal experience, you know, just keep pumping out. I, I, I hope
0: there's a separation there that um, you don't skew the data to suggest that your own song well. is an... <laughs> actually surprisingly popular. That would be popular. a good idea. I know, that would be a
1: good idea. Uh, so, no, I, I think um, so somebody asked me the other day, they said, are you ever going to revisit it? I said, maybe... Maybe one day when the office grows to the right size, we'll, we'll put a drunk kit up the corner and, and I'll have a little little hit every now and then. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think my aspirations... Are, and also, you know as you said, being a dad of three and a half months, I'm, I'm probably less cool now, so I don't think I get to
0: do that. <laughs> oh, look, don't, it hasn't stopped people like The Stones going for a very it's long time. Anyway, look, um, Ryan, thank you very much for your time and, you. uh, and talking to us about Ordu. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And you, thanks.
2: back there to like a 2009 with a <laughs> hit single from the lines. I'm just joking. I, I could have been a disc jockey. I do have a face for radio, but um, that was the hit single. We love it.
3: Yeah, I'm on board. I'm yeah. sold.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ryan, we kind of think, you know, if your startup um, doesn't get its funding at this round, maybe go back to the music biz because that's a hit song. And, you know, comebacks in music are huge always. <laughs> um, but look, anyway, just to get into the actual interview itself because it was, jam-packed with goodness. He's going through a round of funding whilst raising a three and a half month old. I struggle to put my trousers on in the morning after six hours sleep. How is he doing it, Josie? What's the secrets of success?
3: I literally couldn't tell you. Right. I heard that and I was like, wow, Like I want to invest purely because <laughs> you clearly are good at your job because I could not do that.
2: It's crazy. I mean, we've we, we've had countless people on the show tell us how tricky VC funding and and series one series two and so on and so forth can be on on your personal life but here we have Ryan who's just you know whatever I've got a three and a half month old I'm smashing it going through funding and he's going to get the funding I think
3: Yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant he said like it means that I check my emails more because I'm awake more. It's just like, that's like a silver lining if there ever was one.
2: Yeah, that's not a reason to be checking your email just because you're up doing the three o'clock in the morning feed. But <laughs> hey, it's, it's de- the dedicated life of a founder, right? I mean, yeah. Tom McGillicuddy, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, lives in his office. You know, part of the startup process, early days, is to live and breathe the culture, the company, and the business. So Ryan's daughter I think she should technically be a co-founder as well. You know, she's, <laughs> she's there or thereabouts when all the important emails are getting sent, so hopefully she gets some royalties from this. Um, how much did you know about royalties before this, Joes?
3: Not a lot at all, to be honest. Mm. I was really shocked when um, Ryan kind of said, oh, I listened to my song in the shop, and I realised I didn't get any royalties for it. And you know what? I was actually not that surprised, though, because there are times that I go into like John Lewis at Christmas, mm. and I'm like, oh, I wonder how much they paid for this mm. song. But yeah, clearly they getting away without
2: paying yeah i mean i it, it's beggars belief really but then if there's no platform or app or middleman out there that's going to maintain and, and monitor this stuff it it's going to happen more and more right especially when you know like ryan you might have had a one hit wonder 10 years ago or you know something like that and um, they're doing a good job and even super successful music artists like i remember cliff richard you know bit of an oddball these days. A uh, bit of a family hero for me and my father because every year he does this calendar, Cliff Richard, and it's usually sponsored by Orlando. It's got photos of him with dolphins. It's fantastic. Dad, if you're listening, we love it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, the point there being is that Cliff Richard a few years ago came out and said he stopped getting royalties from some of his songs because they only get 50 years after the release of the song they get their royalties for. So royalties is an issue from you know lowly bands, trying to make it all the way to the rock and roll heroes of the world, like Cliff Richard. (laughs) So it is an issue, and it is fantastic to see that there's somebody out there doing it. And I just want to also, if there's ever an example of a wife being the person in a relationship with their head screwed on, she's saying to you know Ryan, part accountant, part wife, where's the money from this? It reminds me of Rosie. She would say the same thing to me. Had I had a successful single 10 years ago, I didn't. I
3: really wish you did.
2: Well, (laughs) I can play a little bit guitar, try to form a little bit of a band, but yeah, we were shit. (laughs) We were shit. You know, we could do Wake Me Up at September Ends by Green Day and that was about it. Everyone
3: could do that song.
2: Everyone could do that into Smoke on the Water and Seven Nation Army, which again, everyone else can play. Um, I really like how uh, they're utilising their data as well. Um, You know, moving forward, they can advise on labels if they should sign a particular genre of music you know they give the example of jazz music you know there's a lot more being played yeah you should do this and I think that's a fantastic thing to do for them to generate more income I guess.
3: Yeah I mean I was quite surprised that there isn't kind of a big player in that market already. Mm. Like surely that to me is like an obvious way of how you can use data to like make decisions Mm. and if they're using that for like I don't know for example like recruitment like hiring processes they're starting to look at like data and, and how people work and whether they'd be good at that job based on who they are and their data and stuff and it's like well surely this would have been something that I'd have thought of way before any of that came about. Yeah. So I was quite surprised about that. Yeah I mean
2: we guess they use the data. Uh, of Spotify and Apple to see streams but that doesn't really give you half the picture because not every retail store every pub every bar is going to have a subscription to that mm-hmm. they might just be streaming off of YouTube or so on and so forth and this is almost a one place a for all bell. yeah a central yeah. location for it all and I think it's it's a great thing for budding musicians and you know music company music companies what are they called? record labels record there label. you go trying to sign some, some new people so yeah. Um, wasn't surprised to hear that you go going only buy Manchester and you only hear Oasis. No, that's no, true. No, yeah. same culture still with Blur. Yeah. Well who's who's South End's biggest singing sensation, Joyce?
3: Oh, do you know what? We've actually got this really this band called like Nothing But Thieves. Oh I know nothing yeah, but Thieves. So like they all went to school with us. Oh you like, above us. So that's actually like our little one band
2: that have done like been, really well.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's them, We're yeah, quite trendy really.
2: at heart, you know. They're kind of like the the modern version of the lines yeah
3: they actually are do you know what when I listened to it I was like oh. that's them but they were they released two albums now so they're a bit past the one track one device
2: sorry one. Ryan to compare <laughs> you with this successful band but look we love Ordu uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right and you know you're gonna not only change the way royalties are paid and so on and so forth but help more people get signed with data and you know what if you're utilising data for good we're happy with that
3: yeah agreed
2: time for a short Addy break um, and then we'll be back with some news
0: It's nearly the summer holidays, but school isn't quite out because General Assembly, a pioneer in education and career transformation, specialising in today's most in-demand skills, have an offer for you. So GA offer a wide range of programmes in web development, data science, user experience design, digital marketing, product management, and lots more. And for you, for our listeners, they've got an offer of 25% off their classes and workshops by applying the code TECHTALKS25 at the checkout. There are some terms and conditions. They asked me to ramp them. Frankly, that's not gonna happen, but I can tell you that the code is valid until August the 31st, and it's not applicable to GA's full-time, part-time, or online circuit courses. Once the code's applied, workshop tickets are non-transferable. The discount code cannot be retroactively applied to workshop tickets already purchased or used in conjunction with other discount codes. One thing, as a former technology recruiter, I can tell you that there's a real shortage of some of these skills in the market. So, with all this beautiful weather that we're having, I reckon there are far worse uses of your time than getting down there and doing a bit of continuous learning.
2: Before we get to our news article... um... Just want to give our listeners oversight and a bit of an overview of what our good friends at Alive and Kicking are doing. And they've just launched their new website. So massive, massive congrats to uh, Eddie and Ben there. It's it's a beautiful new website. Um, but they're, they're currently, uh, they've released a football kit. And you can join, you can get the football kit and join Alive and Kicking Football Club for just £15 a month. You get lots of good shit with your um, subscription as well. You get a shirt, you can flex up and get a scarf and a hat, you can get letters and you will be joining Rachel Yankee, ex-England legend and Les Ferdinand, ex-England legend as well, of being part of that squad and receiving a shirt. Jose, I'm signing up Will you.
3: Yeah, why not? I mean, it's a seriously funky shirt. I think I would just do it just for the shirt, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, get
2: over to Dave's Instagram to see him his doing his a very
3: embarrassing holiday shop Yeah, that shirt.
2: He's a very meta post uh, where he claims to be Italian just because he's in Italy. Um, <laughs> doesn't work like that, Dave. <laughs> but yes, get over to Live and Kicking's new website because, like I say, Eddie, Ben, and the team have relaunched it. You've got loads of ways that you can donate to the charity now. I'll be getting the shirt, Josie will be getting the shirt, Dave's already got the shirt. Um, Yeah, get out there and sponsor those guys because they're fucking ace. So, back with the news. And this is from Amy (laughs) Woodyat in CNN Travel. And it is the news that over the weekend, the French inventor, Frankie Zapata, made it the whole way across the English channel on a fucking hoverboard. Now, he tried it over a month ago and was unsuccessful. Um, uh, but then this weekend, Zapata took off from Sangay Northern France, on the early Sunday morning and landed at St. Margaret's Bay near Dover. Guess how long the journey took. He's on this... You know, we've got a photo over there. He's on that, Jose. Mm. He's on a proper hoverboard-looking thing, like almost like a jetpack. How long do you think it took him to cross the travel, travel, travel? channel?
3: I don't know. I think quite a while. Like what? Maybe like six
2: hours? He crossed the channel in 20 minutes. What? Yes. This is a quote directly from uh, Mr. Zapata. I had the chance to land in an extraordinary place. It's beautiful. My first thought was to fight family. It was huge. Thanks to my wife, who always supports me. Blah, 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 blah. Gets a bit mushy there. He then goes to say, the inventor said that he tried to take pleasure in not thinking about the pain because his thighs were burning.
3: I'm not surprised.
2: I mean, you're going over the channel at speed, typically, probably into a headwind. He hasn't lubed his thighs up. Enough there, I guess. What is it, lube you use or Vaseline? Vaseline, something? yeah. Same thing. Um, so, yeah, Frankie Spatter, great stuff.
3: All I say is don't try this at home.
2: Yeah, don't try this at home because Zapata has tried and failed, fell into the channel, freezing cold, and it took him 15 to 16 pounds a day to repair his machine. So.
3: Yeah, I would feel pretty bad if people started trying to like, cross the channel on because of our podcast.
2: No, I wouldn't, actually. Guys, get out there and innovate. <laughs> 20 minutes is the time to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this photo here of him approaching the White Cliffs of Dover. Oh, my goodness. He
3: looks like a little fly. Imagine if you're walking your dog. <laughs> and you're just at,
2: at the White Cliffs, going for a little walk, or you're near where Luther bought a house. Do you remember the last episode of yeah, Luther's yeah. bought a house down there? Then you see some French fella flying at you at what must be 50, 60 mile an hour.
3: You'd think they are going mad.
2: You would think you're going mad. Um, Right, I'm looking at Ryder to see if that's good enough time. Ryder's looking back at me as if it probably is. Um, Dave will be back on Monday's show. This is Thursday's show. Uh, Massive thanks to Josie. Listeners, if you don't want Dave coming back, make it known on Twitter.
3: Yeah, agreed. Get me back. Boot Dave off.
2: Boot Dave off. Hashtag boot Dave off.